This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Untesticle deer. (laughs) Is what we shot. I sent you that link to the deer cast thing. Well, not a link. I took a screenshot of it. Did you? So you can send him, make him feel a little bit better. I'm going to send that to him just real quick. Did you Facebook it? Yep. Yes. Sorry, fellas. Got to make Mr. Honeycutt know that he killed this deer. I think he's going to go right over there and find that deer. I like the fact that the deer ran really hard and stopped like that quick. And he did react good. He said the blood was pouring out of him. For those that don't know what we're talking about, I guess I can probably talk about it, but Josh Honeycutt just arrowed a deer, so he's been talking to us, and we've been trying to talk him down, so we're just reviewing footage and stuff. But, no, we're out here live in Kansas, deer camp. We're not by a fire. We're sitting here in the kitchen, and – We were successful. We got it done. I was able to get my first deer out of state. Killed a lot of deer before with a bow, but been on this three-year venture now to kill a buck out of the state of Texas and got it done. And that was thanks to these two guys right here, Mr. Taryn Bauer, Cody Butler. Taryn, I know we talked early on, and you were like, man, I want you to come out here, but I think I got a guy for you. And you made the connection with Cody, and we'd just been talking. What was it, January? When we started to get yeah, this probably. thing together? I think so. I think you reached out in January. Yeah, because that was when Josh, he's like, hey, man, let's start talking Hunt Stand Originals. Like, where are you thinking about trying to wrap this story up? Because last year was a tough one and uh, just really wanted to try and find a place that uh, wanted to go to Kansas, first of all. So I knew you were here in the area of Kansas, yep. Nebraska. and It's not that good. No, it's not. Don't. <laughs> we started out. We started out talking Nebraska, right? I think. I think so Maybe too. So. And yeah, we talked Nebraska because of the early opener was September first, and yeah. we we're talking about velvet deer and mm-hmm. Nebraska's just 
I don't know, with all the crops and everything and the drought that we've been having, it seems like early season's been tough the last few years. And so I was kind of trying to get you talked into Kansas and, mm-hmm. and then, uh, some stuff kind of went south with, with the property that I had. And yeah. I got to thinking, I was like, man, I got a good buddy here in town. I'm going to get in touch with him. And we talked it over a little bit and you reached out and kind of the rest is history. Yeah, I know. And for whatever reason, Josh at HuntStand wanted me to do an early season hunt. And I, I know why he did. And, and it, it's evident to me now because a lot of times those deer are sometimes a little bit easier to pattern in early season September if they're still kind of mm-hmm. focusing on that summer pattern. Definitely depends on the crop rotation at the that time. Too. But, yeah. That too. And, uh, I mean, that's what I wanted to talk to both y'all about. And, I mean, primarily we'll talk about old nine lives here in a little mm-hmm. bit. But, I mean, both y'all are just, like, hard at work. I mean, like, this is foreign land to me being a texas boy you know i'm not ashamed to say like i've all i've ever known is feeders i mean that's yeah that's texas that's how it is like we can't have food plots like we mm-hmm. we don't have crops like this you know it's it's too dry like right now like my grass is as brown as this wood floor like <laughs> yeah. mine is too but no dude no don't even your grass is green i was at your house it was green i try to water it like that's what our that's what our yard looks like when we get a lot of rain oh yeah for yeah. sure it's but, been rough uh, it's been a rough it has two been. or three years yeah really really yeah yeah i mean like compared to normal yeah yeah it's been dry compared seeing like to me this is not as dry as texas which is insane well you live in a desert uh, that's true it might be a desert before yeah. long <laughs> yeah we got lakes drying up but three, no i mean three years ago it wasn't drought three years ago it was army worms yeah what we, we had, had army, army worms come through huge Wipe infestation in like every food pot i put in Huge alfalfa fields, like everything, just gone, destroyed. How do those come in? Or like, what? What is they an migrate? Worm? They migrate through, and I guess they just picked our area. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know somebody, exactly how it works. Somebody told me something to do with maybe a hurricane, and they got could be they got pushed like over, pushed over into a hurricane and dropped here. And no my yard was like crawling. Mm-hmm. I mean, crawling. And yeah, it's, I started it's crazy. that fast. I went immediately to all my food plots and I got, I can't even remember what the, what the chemical was. It might've been like tempo or something like that. And I started hitting plots and it was already too late. Yeah, it was. And it's like an overnight thing. I mean, if they get there yeah. like 24 hours, it's mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. You can have like, I was seeing pictures of huge brassica fields, beautiful brassica fields. Mm-hmm. And then like 24 hours later, like Cody was saying, they're, wiped out. they're sticks mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy Sheesh. i know my my buddy that does like crop consulting and stuff he was sending me pictures of like acres and acres of alfalfa fields like huge fields just the, the, the dirt looked like the surface of the moon she's gone yeah that's insane near wow. before that we had some flooding my house about went underwater the yes. river flooded out yeah you're telling me about yeah, that yeah. earlier y'all weren't yeah. in his house for like a week or two yeah mm-hmm. dude and what y'all do here like it's just so, so different, so intriguing and interesting, like versus Texas. Like I just fill feeders and, you know, try to cultivate, cultivate a good place for the deer to call home and mm-hmm. keep them in there. So my neighbors don't shoot the big bucks. And, yep. um, I mean, I know part of what y'all do is like making sure you have good relationships with your neighbors. I mean, just hearing both y'all, like y'all talk to both your neighbors. I mean, I know you were a lot yeah especially on the farm that you hunted i mean yeah. all my neighbors are really good there's a huge like three or four hundred acre piece to the north of me nobody hunts um so that's great the guy just doesn't allow hunting 
And then, uh, you know, to my east is a guy I know well. To my south is a guy I know well. We communicate. We share pictures. We, you know, we try not to kill anything under yeah. five years old, and it makes a big difference. Yeah, y'all y'all just got monsters up here. I know, like, some of the ones that <laughs> you were – like, we were talking, I don't know how many bucks, mature bucks, were moving in. Just, like, you show mm-hmm. me, like, what you had, like, the body size of the deer up here. It's, it's insane. It's different. Yeah, yeah it is. Mm-hmm. Like – I, t- I was telling Logan last night after we killed all nine lives, like I drug it. Like after we did the e tag and everything, which is really cool. Like I think a lot of states are starting to adopt. Yeah, and I think COVID really kind of started that. Texas actually adopted mm-hmm. it last year, which I thought was freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. But just like what what y'all have done with it, and after we did that, I drugged the deer what ten yards so we could get him out of the thickness and get pictures with him. Yeah, yeah, I was out of breath. Oh, you, and I, <laughs> you and I drug him up the hill to take a picture. It we was a po- lot easier we, we, than that. <laughs> we were both like, dude, that thing was a freaking horse. And he just was. The amount of meat that we got off of it. But we'll get to that story in a little bit. But talk to – I want to get just both of y'all's take on – and Taryn, we can start with you and then get to Cody. But, like, kind of tell the listeners just, like, the amount of work and, like, what all you guys do. Like, I, I follow both of y'all on socials and just every week it's like – Y'all are plowing something. You're moving dirt, putting in water. Uh, what the heck? Uh, mock scrapes with the mm-hmm. branches, yeah. the the hemp ropes, mm-hmm. uh, all these different things. Talked about just like the time and energy that both y'all put in year round. It's not just a deer season thing, but a year round thing that y'all are doing to grow big deer and kill big deer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know Cody does a lot of the same things that I do too. Just, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking, he's kind of, would you say you, you mostly focus on Kansas kind of, don't you? You know, I do. Um, I used to more focus, I feel like on Nebraska, but I've, I've lost some leases over the last few years. Um, you know, our home farm, you know, I kind of let my dad and some family hunt there. I still do hunt yeah. there, you know, some, but, um, you know, since I started you know, taking a, another job working at Henry, I kind of go out Western Nebraska, do some more travel hunts, stuff like that. So, um, Kansas definitely kind of been my, my main focus. It's where I feel like I can grow and hold bigger deer. I don't have a large track of land, but we've got a lot of small places like eighties, one sixties, forties, stuff like that. And I feel like that's key. Um, I would take all those small places yeah. over one large place. We kind of talked about that. I was just, just about because to go that we, direction. we, in my opinion, you know, if you have one large place, you know, you have something bad happen. Like mm-hmm. 2012, we had EHD. You know, I know a lot of guys have one piece of property that had almost their whole deer herd wiped out to where, yeah. you know, I'm spread out across the whole county, even have one farm in another county. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it saved me because, yeah, I had some farms that were bad, but some farms that weren't. So that makes a big difference too. But, yeah, Kansas yeah. is definitely the place I focus as far as managing and growing big deer. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm focused basically – just only in nebraska and you know you've got season dates that are different mm-hmm. you've got i mean habitats different you know where you guys are hunting you know cedar, it's crazy you cedar try, draws you jump across the state line yeah. right here and it's like a whole new world it's, so it's weird yeah so yeah. strategies are a little bit different with season dates you know yeah. our rifle seasons during the rut so i'm trying to hold a few more does than mm-hmm. i would like if i was down here in kansas yeah um, hunting a little more linear type habitat you know just travel corridor stuff on the mm-hmm. river and I mean, it, it starts in usually January, I start to get the itch and I start to get the, you know, the chainsaws come out and we're focusing on hinge cuts then hinge cut 
you know, bedding areas, um, working on TSI, and that kind of leads into, you know, a couple mornings in the turkey blind, and then it's right back out with the chainsaws or with the sprayers. You know, we're loading up, loading up chemical, and we're spraying cool season grasses, yeah. and you know, it starts there, and then that that basically leads right into you know summer planting, and mm-hmm. and then you've got trail cams, and I mean, it's it's year round. For sure, there's always something to do, yep. even when you think there's not. There's something. Oh to yeah. Do. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I know, and weather pat. I mean, everything changes all the time. So uh, this we year experience. we had to we had to replant. Yep. I think both of us had to replant some food yep. plots. We had to save some stuff. Didn't get any growth because no rain. Because of the drought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hauled yep. uh, two Sundays from dang near sun up to sundown. I hauled twenty one or twenty two thousand gallon of water to my mm, corn i saw that on your soul it was crazy yeah. it was all all day long we were filling filling semis and and i i spent like six hundred dollars or seven hundred dollars on a on a sprinkler system with 300 foot of fire hose and mm-hmm. we had to do dirt work to get a semi down in there and Dude. it was wild the i mean we do for deer yeah oh, yeah <laughs> yep and then what's crazy is um the river dried up and uh so we've got a pond right there and a ton of beaver moved from the river. I remember pictures of the beaver just destroying in, stuff. Into our pond. And our pond, my pond's 10, 15 yards. So I go down there and I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, did coons get in there? And I get out of my truck and I walk over there and I'm like, freaking beaver. They were in there just gnawing all my corn, just going right down the row, mm-hmm. pulling corn. There's corn floating all over in the pond. What? And I'm like, you've got to be kidding. You know, first is the drought. So I call the game warden. I'm like, I'm like, hey, I'm like, can I trap these beaver and just relocate them? I was like, I know season's not open. He's like, do you want a depredation permit? Yes, please. I'm like, you know, let's 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 do that route. And I've got a buddy that's got a thermal scope, and he came back that <laughs> night. And so we we get out of my truck and and we're we're walking down the road, and I'm like, dude, I don't like. Never hunted beaver before. Mission beaver is like on. this is like, some Texas <laughs> stuff right here. I'm like, do we have to be quiet? Can this we slam our doors? Beaver. And we're walking up there, and he pulls up the scope, and he's like, "Dude, there's a huge beaver just getting ready to walk in your corn." I'm like, "Kill it, let it, let him have it." So we shoot him. We have like a 50 or 60 pound beaver laying there dead, and we walk, oh, we walk over, crap. we walk over to the uh, to the pond, and. Like he has a little handheld thermal that I'm yeah. that I'm looking with, and he's looking. It looks like alligators in the thermal all over in the pond. We killed eight beaver that night, and the worst part is, is we killed all those, and then like two weeks later, a whole new batch of them came in, and I haven't. Seems like always when you think you've got them all, they yeah, I haven't been back. Repopulate. So they're they're just hammering the corn right now. It's it's wild. It's like me with coons back home, like. Oh, they're here too. I think last year we killed fifty-four raccoons last year. I yeah, that. and we put some new feeders and put some feed pens and stuff because we have a really bad pig problem in Texas. And I think the way we, that we designed it and some of these boss buck feeders that we have out there, it, coons can't get in, so it's pissed mm-hmm. them off and they don't come in. But the other night we had six on game camera underneath. I'm like, here we go. Yeah. We okay, can probably about to happen again. <laughs> I've noticed that about the boss bucks that I tried this year. They they can't seem to get no. to them quite as no. bad as some of the other ones. So that's, that's what I like. They are nice. Yeah. yeah. 
We could probably go out and kill fifty in a night. Oh, I think you could. You but still got that depredation permit? <laughs> it's good for it's. It was good for ninety days. I'd have to check the dates. <laughs> Eighty nine days ago. It was, Tonight's the night. It was. It didn't. It didn't include coons. It was like beaver, muskrat, and something else. And huh. I was like, cool thing right. with coons though is Nebraska just uh, passed a deal right now that landowners can can kill like nest predators and all that type of stuff year round because. Turkey populations are going down like crazy. Not to get into turkey stuff, but oh. kind of a nationwide thing. Yeah, um, yeah, you're so hearing it all you can, over. Yeah, it's 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 a problem. And it is. It's good to see the states, you know, doing some things like that. So because it, it, it's it going to take that. Uh, I mean, I can tell you this from what I've seen in the last three, four, five years. If it keeps declining, another ten, we're going to have no turkeys. I mean, it's it's bad. You know, it's funny you're talking about that because uh, it was probably January of last year. Um, we It was the same year we killed all those raccoons, and I think we killed 30-something armadillos, mm-hmm. which are really bad about getting into the turkey's nest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This past spring is the first time I've actually ever seen poults on our property, and we had a lot of turkey action on our piece this year. Yep. Speaking of poults, I know you sent me a video of Poults born really, really late in yep. the summer. Um, I think it was, a, I didn't hunt opening day. It had been the second third, second or third of September. Mm-hmm. Nebraska season opened September 1st. I went and just, I had no cameras up, just kind of, we had a little cold front moving. I'm like, told my wife, I'm like, I'm going to go sit, you know, for an evening. Yeah. I went in, I'm not kidding you, September 2nd or 3rd, I had poults that weren't 10 inches tall. Jeez in the corn around me. I yeah. mean, that's, that's talking late summer breeding. I mean, so, you know, mother nature takes over, I guess, you know, they're, she does. they know there's a problem that, and the birds are trying to breed later into the year, yep. you know, or whatever to keep that population up. I've got something on velvet in a, a second, but what are you going to say? Um, I actually had like two, three weeks ago, I saw two little, two little ones that were the size of quail. I don't doubt it. I mean, wow. I, th- I think they know yep. their, I mean, their instincts kick in. They know there's a problem. Yep. They just keep trying until something takes. And I was watching some wild turkey science stuff, and they were talking about the Rio Grande strain of turkeys mm-hmm. and the hens knowing not to breed during a drought. Like, they won't, they won't, I shouldn't say breathe. They won't, they won't actually nest. That's interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. We had a really good spring, so we actually, I, I was seeing poults on the ground in April this year in Texas. Jeez, yeah. But I, I, we can get into all that for another one. But yeah, let's let's talk about stuff with fur and not feathers. So <laughs> something that I, I've I've been I don't know it's because I just shot a velvet buck, mm-hmm. and it's just now uh, like something that I'm noticing. But I've been seeing somewhat of a I don't know if you want to call it a trend on socials lately. But I've been seeing a lot of people talking about. Are your bucks still in velvet? Hundred percent. Like I've I've got a mature buck in Texas still in velvet. Hundred percent. I don't know what it is this year, but there is. I've had more bucks hold velvet longer this year than any other year I can remember. And I, I don't know why that is. Like I told you, asked me. You like mm-hmm. you know what are the chances of a velvet deer? I'm like none. Like by the eleventh. Yeah, usually like it, usually it's over. Yeah. that's over. Yeah. So it's. I I told you last night when you shot him, mm-hmm. like your first velvet buck, and I. Can almost guarantee you'll never shoot another I, one oh, in Kansas. I, I will never velvet. shoot another velvet buck that big in my life. I mean, life. maybe in a never. velvet state, but I, to shoot one in Kansas, unless you're the youth season mm-hmm. rifle, you know, that opens that first week, it is it is a very rare thing. Like, you're probably one of, like, 
five people in the state maybe that killed a velvet deer with a bow. I mean, truly. Oh, for it sure. It should be. I wonder if there's something that... I'd be interested in looking into that to the state to see if there's like something. It'd be uh, interesting to know. Yeah, it, really it, would. it would be. I mean, what? why do y'all... I mean, obviously we have we kind of have our uh, suspicions about the buck that was shot last night. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like the stuff that's being seen on social media with some of these bucks still being in velvet, like what's y'all's thoughts on that? Like, is, was there some kind of weather trend i mean obviously we know some people just say it's global warming but uh <laughs> <laughs> i mean do y'all think there was some kind of weather event or something that is causing it to maybe, see this i don't know maybe the heat possibly made them to where they didn't want to be you know as aggressive or as active as far as you know getting it off you know I, maybe i don't know we've had some w- weird weather shifts this year yeah um which we saw this past week. Yeah. So I mean, I mean that's possible. Um, I don't know if that's just if you could, you know, if if the way the lunar calendar is, if there's that something with with photo period being mm-hmm. being late this year, what about, that would be what I would lean towards. But what is it, El Nino? Yeah, there's like this, El Nino, El Nino. I don't know how. All that yeah, because I know typically they've talked about between the El Nino and la nina that it's like mm-hmm. in two they typically go in like two-year waves mm-hmm. and it's happened before in the past but um i think they said la nina we just got out of a three-year wave of la nina now they're expecting us to be in about a three-year wave of el nino el nino good hopefully hope, hopefully that o part mm. means i think so no Rain. more drought yeah yeah no more <laughs> drought yeah. i mean we had we got to get out of this cycle well for texas like so but it worked for you it did because the you know the water worked. It you dang right about that. You dang <laughs> stinks right. for everything else, but it makes a deer come to water. <laughs> I know. I mean, I guess that's a reason why. Like, it, I, it could be. It, it it makes me wonder with this happening like this. You know, like one of the things on hunt stand is like our rut map. They're supposed to be within just a day or two each year, but mm-hmm. seeing what's happened, talking on turkey poults seeing mm-hmm. poults like that so obviously i think it, it's ex- it expanding to more than just deer it'll be interesting to see when the rut starts this year yeah it very well yeah. could be it'll be i'm <clears throat> when it comes to moon and stuff i'm like i'm with it with activity and stuff but mm-hmm. like as far as rut timing no i, I rut agree. timing is it's going to be like, the exact same every year. You think so? I, yeah, hundred percent. Even I, with I like velvet like this doing this, like you don't think it'll be yeah. pushed back a week? I, I, I don't think so. No. I, okay. Because that really more goes off cycles. I mean, as far True. as when the doe is born, yeah. you know, things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you. There's arguments. I feel like both ways, but my opinion, you know, the same doe that comes in heat first every year is probably going to do that every year you know come in at the same time every yeah, year unless yeah. she, maybe she has health issue i mean you know something stress prevents it, you know whatever yeah. but um yeah i i'm all about you know like the rising moon when it coincides with the normal feeding times in mm-hmm. yeah. you know in i think this year it's late october i believe mm-hmm. like that 27th 28th to halloween mm-hmm. evening food sources should be dynamite yes i mean they should be killer and i'm not i'm not 100 percent on those dates exactly but i just know i've had luck for 
15 years watching that full moon, you mm-hmm. know, when it starts to rise and that coincides when you get that, you know, three o'clock, four o'clock when the deer are actually going to move anyway, yeah. mm-hmm. you're going to have, you know, tremendous luck. Heck yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to set up to be a really great fall. I'm excited. So I want to kind of get Logan in here in a second. Cause you were a part of what happened last night. It was insane. I mean, was. You got to film the whole dang thing and watch me lose myself. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I literally didn't. I was in shock. We watched. I mean, we just we just enjoyed some steaks and watched some of the footage. And Logan killed it. He did. Yeah, he I mean, did. he did a great job. Yeah, and I think it you was just definitely said, a cool moment, dude. <laughs> Almost didn't make it here. Yeah, flight uh, got delayed. <laughs> the right engine was overheating. That's, that's safe. What they said. Yeah, that's and, then, safe. and then we got yeah. on another plane, and then the, I, I had my headphones in, so I don't know what the problem was. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, they're like, "Yeah, it's gonna be a while. We're working on this one too." I'm like, "Oh, cool." And Will's like, texting me every ten minutes. What's going on? What's Low going key on? freaking out. Yeah, I was like, like oh, I could tell when you were texting me. I just about said, "Turn around, come back. I'll film you." <laughs> he was supposed to land at ten forty three yesterday, and the, I mean, this is honestly my fault for whatever reason. I don't know if I saw a date wrong or if I had looked at a twenty twenty two date thinking that the season was going to open on the 12th. And so when I talked with them to get there. That could be because yeah. sometimes when you Google it, there's like forums that come up from years past. That yeah, it's wild. It's I think it was thing. the old Kansas Parks and Wildlife website. It might have been. I've had that happen before too. And so we planned the flights and everything. I was like, oh, yeah, fly in. Like, I'm going to get up there on the 9th. I was like, you know, let's get Logan in mm-hmm. there in here on the on the uh, 11th. The season starts on the 12th, and we can get in on a day. And, uh, you know, he'll get in on the 11th. We'll get, like, a cool, like, scouting day. Like, go hang, do whatever. And, and uh, as, like, a couple days out, I'm like, wait a minute. The season starts on Monday. I'm an idiot. And I'm already at the point, like, I can't make them change their flights. I'm like, it'll be fine. And, of course, I'm 30 minutes away from Lincoln, and I get a text from him at, like, 9.55. And he's supposed to land at 10.43. <laughs> Nope. Hey, uh, <laughs> we're headed back to the gate. Uh, <laughs> something about the engine is overheating. I'll keep you updated. I'm like, wonderful. This is going to be a hell of a week. I was like, just my luck. I have yep. a funny thing that when a bunch of like just dumb out of the ordinary stuff happens like that, like you're going to kill one. Like almost every single time, <laughs> like my biggest bow buck, yeah. I drive into the property because I use the neighbor's ground uh-huh. to get into the place or whatever. He lets me park run into his brand new fence that he just electric fence. He just put oh, up no. cows. I'm like calling the guy at four o'clock in the morning. Like, is there cows in here yet? And I'm like, we're trying to fix the fence quick, go in there. Our camera arm wasn't working. Oh, like it, well, there was a part that like broke off of it. I go to pull my bow up and it gets stuck on a peg, like coming <laughs> up, like everything that could go wrong. <laughs> and then I shoot 185 inch giant that morning. Like, and a deer I hunted for three years. It like, almost makes you wonder when stuff like this happens. It's like, does it even bother these deer if we go in making all this noise? Look what happened. We were in there last night, and there's three new bucks in there yeah. this morning. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I had all these freaking things going through my head. Then I think I got there at, like, 1030, and I hadn't heard an update from him. I was like, he hasn't taken off yet. So I texted him again. I was like, hey, what's up? And he's like, all right, I think I, we talked on the phone. Yeah, I don't know. There was, I mean, it took forever. We were sitting in, in the yeah. plane forever. He's like, well, we got on the other plane, but I think I missed an announcement. Um, <laughs> Where was this at? I Chicago. Was, you were in he, Chicago? Yeah, I was in yeah. Chicago, so I'm like, oh, Go great. figure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no kidding. I'm like, great. 
Well, it was a tiny plane, too. There was like 10 You got in the on. tuna can. You got in the sardine yeah, can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like one of those planes where there's a single aisle of seats on one side and it's two yep. on the other. Yep. Yeah, because you were coming into a small airport. Yep. And the whole time I'm like, we've got this buck, old nine lives. It's been consistent. Six Five days of, in a row. Yeah, six, <laughs> six days in a row. And we're not going to make it tonight. I'm going to have to drive back to deer camp, come pick him up tomorrow. That deer is going to be there all afternoon today on the cameras. We can't do anything about it. And then it's just going to be a hell of a week. I'm like, this is not going to be a good week. And then I finally got the text from him. At, I don't remember what time it was. That we're finally up in the air or something. Yeah, I don't know what time it was. I think I landed around one though. Yeah. You landed, you landed just at one. And I told Cody, I was like, dude, we're going to be booking it. We're going to be there at three 30. Dude, you should have got a speeding ticket. That would have been so cool. I don't mean it. You should have been an awesome story. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just put it this way. I've got a Ram 2500 three-quarter ton, and when it hit some of the washboard on some of these granite gravel roads, let's just say the back end came. Oh, yeah. A, oh, yeah. a oh, little yeah. loose. And oh, yeah. <laughs> Logan was, like, leaning to one side. I was, like, I was, oh. I was like, floating in the air. Like I was like, okay, I better slow it down just a little bit. Oh, yeah. They are a little rough. No, I I – we were on, I don't know what highway it was. It was like from Lincoln before you turn off on 81 or something like that. And I kept getting notifications on Apple Maps, speed trap ahead. Yeah. Speed oh, yeah. trap oh, yeah. ahead. <laughs> you just see a trooper sitting there like, oh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going to get it. And then here comes somebody flying by me and they don't get him. I'm like, okay. No. But you got to be doing something pretty stupid anymore if you like. I'm not going to disclose how fast I was going. <laughs> <laughs> don't make mom mad. <laughs> But, I mean, talk about the week that, I mean, y'all, you were in stand opening morning, mm-hmm. and I know you were wanting to, but had a bad wind. I was hoping um, to go tonight, yeah. But. Yeah, you had a bad wind on, even mm-hmm. though you had your shooter coming in there. But kind of talk about, like, the weather and everything leading up to this week, and then we had that front blowing Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, I think yeah, it kinda, was. kind of Sunday-ish. Yeah, sunday yeah. And yeah. what this week is like right now. You couldn't have got a better opening day. No. I mean, to be honest. I mean, with the uh, with the weather we've had, as far as you know, heat and and stuff like that, and then just a drastic cool off, switch to a north wind. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had everything. We just got off of a red moon last week, yeah. which I'm a big believer of. I've kind of followed that a lot for like the last four years. Yeah. It seems to not always money, but I mean, pretty much every buck I've shot in the last four or five years has been on a red moon. It's not a coincidence. No, you wouldn't no. think so. But, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean get here north wind it's been south it's been hot i mean when i say hot like 103 105 I think we texas, had one day like 107 yeah. y'all been having texas like, weather yeah, yeah truly i, hate I mean, it. it's 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 the dumbest <laughs> thing i don't know you why get, you live there you get you get used to it after a while like people are it's like oh more it's, of a dry heat there though isn't it, it depends it on not? what part of the state you're in yeah um, if you're close to the coast probably the i Gulf. lived in san antonio for a little while when i used to when i we used to work for carico tv my first job in the industry and i remember Boss was coming to pick me up. It was like six in the morning because we were going out to the ranch to do some work, and it was June, July. I think it was July. Six thirty in the morning. It was ninety-seven degrees with a hundred percent humidity. Yeah, no, thanks. absolutely That's, miserable. I mean, it gets that way. I mean, you get all the people around here running their pivots and you know mm-hmm. all that stuff. You get all that moisture in the air, and then I mean, it's like it's miserable. Yeah, you, it is. you just stand still outside, and you're mm-hmm. just dripping wet. Yep. Oh yeah, we're like. We see if we see like a ninety four ninety five day in the forecast, we're like, oh, great, a cool front, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, talk to uh, y'all. Been following your cameras all throughout the summer. 
watching movement. A lot of these bucks have been pretty much nocturnal, with the exception of a few in the evenings, maybe in the mornings occasionally. What was the movement like leading up to this week and then kind of maybe even what y'all seen just over the past few days because of the front? Yeah, just real, I mean, real slow, but real normal. You know? Yeah, pretty normal. But I, I will say, you know, like we just said a little while ago, with the, with the heat, you know, obviously a deer's got to go to water. Water, I mean, we had ponds drying up. I, at one point, I can't remember, somebody was telling me they read like 65% of the ponds in this county in Kansas were like dried up or almost at yeah. one point this summer. I mean, so I mean, that's going to congregate deer in an area. And oh, yeah. I know yep. when I I know you were putting water out. We were putting in some little water holes, ponds, yeah, we tanks, were, whatever we could do just to keep water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were strategizing about water like yeah. around the Fourth of July ish, and mm-hmm. we were talking about you know burying some tarps. I buried a yeah, couple. Yeah, we tarps tried a few he, different things. We tried a few things, and then Cody came across um, some which you could talk about that a little bit more from Menards. So yeah, so obviously, hold on. what is Menards? It's like a Home Depot. You don't know what Menards is? Yeah, no. Wow. It's like a... I probably just pissed off a lot of people in the Northwest <laughs> right now, didn't I? Or above do, the Oklahoma Do you have, like, line. Home Depot, like, stuff like that? Lowe's. Or like, Lowe's? Yeah, yeah. So, it's like That's a, what it like is. a big lumber, you know, type store, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, you can buy everything for Burn your house there. Like, you know, all that <laughs> yep. stuff. Do they got hunting stuff there? They do. Ponds. It's kind of like... Okay, they so do, it's kind of like a tractor supply. <laughs> kind of, sort of, but yeah. more like house stuff. Like, you can buy cabinets there, yeah. all the stuff you're furnishing for your houses, lumber, hmm. um landscaping, you know, all that type of stuff. Pond liners. Yeah. So that's what we were getting at is we were <laughs> talking about using tarps. Like, cause obviously if you just dig a hole in the ground, especially when it's just this dry, it's going to yeah, soak not, up. You're not going to hold the water. Everything. Yeah. I mean, unless you just constantly fill it to the point it's saturated, which is going to be you know, ridiculous. So we got these tarps and they're really super heavy duty and it worked really great for one of mine, but the way we dug it, it was more of a, like a 90 degree bank to where yeah. the, the deer couldn't get on the tarps as much with their hooves. So it's, it's still going. I haven't done anything with it. It's worked great. Sweet. The other one, we cut a little different to where they could kind of get down in it. Yeah. And even with doubled tarps after, I don't know, about a week or so, I actually had a little forky buck get down in it and he was horsing around, like jumping around. He poked holes in the bottom of it and then it drained out within like four it's or five kids, days. Yeah. So I remember I'm texting him like, gosh, like, you know, we got to work, but yeah, it we didn't work. We got to figure something else out. But then you get, you know, there's a lot of guys that use like cattle tanks and stuff like that. I'm thinking, yeah. I'm about to the point where I'm just going to go buy a big cattle tank and just set it on the ground, which would have worked. Which would have, yeah, it works. It's I great. was seeing, I was seeing deer on the way to check cameras and do stuff in Kansas, standing with cattle drinking oh, yeah, out of the tank. I was, I've, I mean, seen, was, I've seen some of that. Yeah, that was 100%. the last resort. I mean. They didn't yeah, have a choice. They, have to. Oh, they I mean, don't have a choice. It's like exactly. what pronghorn have to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And so yeah, I was I was gonna go to that route, and I start pricing them, and I'm like, oh, well, some I'm of gonna, them are crazy. It's crazy, you know. As some, I mean, even even some plastic smaller, like hundred gallon ones, might be two hundred fifty bucks. I've I mean, thought about the same in Texas. And it's they're, I, so I'm like, I want to find a cheaper solution. Like, there's got to be a way. So I start googling stuff. I got to thinking like, okay, like people put like koi ponds in their yard. Like there's gotta be a liner. There's so gotta brilliant. be something, uh-huh. you know, yeah. or whatever. So I'm like, I get on Menards because it's like the closest, you know, yeah. store around here that's like that. And I find these like landscape pond liners and that were cheap compared to everywhere else. Yeah. 
And they're made in, in America. I think they were made in Colorado, Colorado. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yep. They're like a hundred and I think they're on sale. I think they're normally like 150, 160. It's still way cheaper. Holds 250 gallons of water. They're shaped more naturally, as you saw. You know, yeah. they kind of got, they're not just a round circle. Yeah. So many you guys know, use the ones with the round, that are just round circle. And, you know, they're too you can, deep. Too. They're too deep. And you, you know, you, you get like one or two deer at them and, that's, and that's it. That's it. Where these, these are yeah. more spread out. I think they're 18 inches deep, but they yeah. still oh, they still have 250 gallons of water. You know, which is going to last a lot longer than it's like a goldfish pond. Yeah, yeah it is. It it's is. a goldfish pond. I've seen people yeah. use like the kiddie pools. You know, I think that work, but you're going to be filling it up once a week. Yeah, you know? it's just kind of weird. Like seeing, I've seen people do that. It's like okay, I, I get it. And understand. Funny it, but story. My cousin it, saw me doing the stuff this year, and yeah. he went and bought a like a large size kiddie pool and With shot a deer, and stuff. shot a velvet buck <laughs> in Nebraska over a blue kiddie pool opening day, like 150 inch deer. Not, was, I'm not kidding. If you get the blue ones with the seashells in the bot, like that's the, seashe- that's the that's, key. That's the key. Yeah. That's the key. It's the seashells. It yeah. is. It's funny. I, I posted a, a thing on my Instagram last night when we were hunting and sitting on that water, a uh, buddy of mine that just got into bow hunting is like, what are you shooting turtles tonight? <laughs> <laughs> just because he saw that. I was yeah. like, oh, man, goldfish. Dude, they worked great. I mean, yeah. I think I got them on sale yeah. for like 130 bucks, 250 gallons. They mm-hmm. went in the ground. Fantastic. I ended up buying another one. I put two of them in on the same farm. The key with that farm was it's 80 acres. Yeah. And there's just not a lot of water around right there. Mm-hmm. I know my neighbor has a water hole. It was drying up. My water hole dried up like five years ago and never... I needed to get in there and dig it out probably yeah. is what I needed to do. You know, it just silted in over the years. Yep. And I'm like, I've got to have water here or I'm going to have no deer. Yeah. And I think I put that in like three weeks to a month before you got here. God. We went in with the tank, filled it up and it, they sucked it down. There was like a, like a what, eight day period where we had over a hundred degrees yeah. there. Yeah. And there was literally like 20, 30 deer a night coming into that little thing and they hammered it down and like, so you shot that deer now. So like last week, middle of the week, I went back mm-hmm. down there and refilled it all up. And yeah. literally like the next day, Nine Lives shows up on that thing. And it was just like clockwork Old every day lives. after that. Old he was coming coming in. But you stopped. You stopped by my house that day. Yeah. When you came back from yep. Martin, I called like, him like, dude, like, I found dude, the perfect, out. perfect solution. And he's like, I'm like, you home? He's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to be driving by. And there, I was worried, you know ordering them online it was like a special order thing to ship to the store Get and i had to cracked. go oh i was worried they'd be like too thin like mm-hmm. like a little kitty swimming pool uh-huh. or something like that and i got them they're yeah. super durable i like, checked them out like i i remember going outside and doing the, i had just bought something else ridiculously stupid i'm sure for white tails and i was like <laughs> dude i've already spent like thousand dollars this week i'm like i'm not i'm like i'm i'm like i love them but i'm like i'm not gonna buy them like yeah I go back in the house and I'm stewing like, I need one of these, dude. I need a koi pond on the west (laughs) on the west side of the corridor right now, coming out of that coming out of big petty. And I was like, Yep, I'm getting on Menards. Special ordered (laughs) one as well. Sale, Taryn. Dude, if my wife knew how much money I actually spent on deer hunting, she'd be pissed. I know she doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can say this. Yep, but. It's it's the most expensive meat you will ever eat. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best meat. It's the best meat. Yes. It's very expensive. Talk about you know on these water uh, water stations, I guess we call them, or we just call them water holes. Water yeah, holes. Water holes. Yeah. Y'all put essentially either a T post or a four by four, and y'all put these licking branches on there. Mm-hmm. And I know about them and just learned about them recently, just because of stuff we've done with Hunt Stand and people I've talked to. Mm-hmm. Talk to the listeners why y'all have you know. Why is there not 
a feeder nearby unless i mean of course mm-hmm. you like we were sitting on a field that you had brassicas alfalfa and, and stuff mixed yeah. and so if you don't have that you might have a feeder but talk about why you have that water with uh licking branches or uh, so grape. you can kind of i mean it, it depends on the situation but in your situation there that's a two acre field and it's basically just a square so i mean yeah. obviously a deer can jump in from any angle and they mm-hmm. might not come by your blind so my thing, even if you didn't have the water there, I'd probably still have that mock scrape tree there. Yeah. For the fact that, you know, Buck jumps into that field, mm-hmm. he sees a lone tree with a licking branch on it. You know, Gotta he, he almost has to come check it out. It's yeah. it's one of those things that just kind of ups your odds of getting that deer in bow range. Now, if you're rifle hunting, obviously, you know, Oh, I could have killed them 30 minutes earlier oh, yeah, if we were exactly. rifle hunting. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. it's, but, I mean – Essentially, it's turning it into a social area. Yeah, you know, 100%. we we they can go doing that. They yep. can go right oh. there. You know, every doe's going going to the branches. They're yeah. putting their scent on it. They're putting their scent all the way. And around. When you put you it right next camera. to water like yeah. that, you know, right in this situation, mm-hmm. when it's dry, they're going to the pond. Then they're going to hit the branch. Yeah. It's just, it's they can just scent check everything right there and right that there. One, I mean, there's so much scent spot. going to one spot. They just have to check it. Well, and it's like last night. I mean. Uh, we watched that deer come into the field behind us, and if that wouldn't have been there, I wouldn't, have, you, shot, I wouldn't no, have shot that no. deer last night. 100%. No. no. Yeah, 1,000% no. wouldn't have shot the, that. The posts that I started using a few years ago actually come from, like, southern Missouri, and they're a Georgia yellow pine, and mm-hmm. they have worked. Like, I've tried, I've tried just regular pine posts from mm-hmm. Tractor Supply, stuff like that, and they have not worked like these really um, yeah i've had i had one guy one guy drove a trailer out to iowa the closest place i can get them in is is in a co-op at iowa and uh he went and got 60 of them <laughs> oh my a, god he's a big landowner had another guy that i went and looked at his ground and he went and i think he got like 15 of them um uh, they've worked they worked really really good for me yeah, yeah for sure um, I remember you, know, you, you sent me a picture, a Snapchat or something. Yeah. You were replacing one. It was like down to a toothpick. Oh, it is. Like it's just cool. shredding. Yeah. I've got, I've got a taxidermy. I've got, right now, I think I've got 21 of them out. I've got one at every stand location. And I've got a taxidermist that got a hold of me. And he's like, every time you replace those, I want that post. I'm like, all right. Because everybody always wants to mount deer on them, you know, like on pedestals and stuff. And they, Mm -hmm. they're just so freaking cool. Cause like you said that, I mean, they turn it into a toothpick. They're all rubbed. Looks like a beaver chewed on it. If if you get time while you're here and when you're just driving around the country out here, like we've got all these signposts, like gas line deals. There's a fence post right here. Shredded. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same type of deal. I don't know if it's, you know, if it's the chemical they put in them to treat them or what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's something to it. Mm-hmm. I've even noticed like some like old creosote posts and stuff like that. They'll just yeah, hammer yep. those even. And I don't know why. It's just the scent of it or something. It's something different. Yep. I don't, it's it's interesting. That, uh, that yellow pine that I use is real. It's a real soft wood. And it's Georgia. Mm-hmm. Say it again. It's a uh, it's a southern Georgia, Georgia yellow pine or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something I can't, like that. I can't remember 100% actually, but okay. they. I think just pine in general. Yeah. That they just like. I mean. Out here, especially, like, mm. you walk through a cedar thicket, every cedar shredded. I think they just like that, that smell or that scent. Mm. or They shred our cedars in Texas. Yeah, Shreder, uh, yeah cedars and then even some of the mesquite bushes. They don't really yeah. they don't really touch the live oaks that we have there. Sometimes they will, but majority, they're going to hit, uh, 
I want to say we got some hackberry bushes that grow up that they mm-hmm. that they shred and then yeah walnuts see. another good one too yep. here for really? like licking branches as well I've yeah. used those on top of my post I was about yep. to I was about to go and with that next like with drilling your holes and like what are you all using for licking branches the walnut you said mm-hmm. I I tend to use oak same here um, if if I can use oak I'm gonna use oak now yep. why I don't know why they just they, they hold just like their better yeah and they hold their leaves a, a little longer. better mm-hmm. too they do. mm-hmm. and so they can you know they can get get that scent all over in those leaves That's and true. you can they work better too just because you know like on top of my post I can have places that are you know four yeah, foot they, they kind of branch how the they, they branch the limbs out. itself they branch yeah. out so you can get you know, like a car hood size scrape, you Jeez. know, almost underneath some of them. Yep. It kind of, I, I'm really tempted to try this out in Texas. Um, I'm sure it'd work. I, I do have an area that it's making me think it's, it's essentially we've got an open field that I've got box blind on a tower set up and mm-hmm. it, it can honestly, we've got it. I've got a stock pond that's fed by uh well behind us, maybe 60 yards. I mean, somebody can definitely get something with a rifle there. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I don't think I would probably want to try and put in a water pond in front of me because um, I do have feet in front of me, mm-hmm. maybe 100 yards. But for a bow shot, it kind of makes me wonder, like, I wonder if I could maybe do this I'm for sure. 25 I'm sure yards could. to get yeah. a buck to stop at that mm-hmm. and see if yeah. it would work. If it's if it's legal in your state too, which like in Nebraska, you know, we can't bait or we can't hunt over bait, but you can hunt over water. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, if it if it is a state like Kansas where you can hunt over bait, if you throw a trophy rock in those in those water holes yes. and let that trophy rock dissolve in there and you get mm-hmm. all those minerals in that water, yeah, they, 100%. they hammer up. They just drink it yep. up. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, and you notice that too. Yeah. You know, we get a big rain event and our, you know, our mineral sites fill up with water. And, and they it just seems, hammer. seems to me they hammer that. Yeah, for sure. Y'all got me wondering what I want to do in Texas. We're getting it dialed in. If you don't have branches, you can, I've, you know, done like the hemp rope stuff. One thing I tried last year, I've got some like, I think they're, there's some sort of a pine mm-hmm. in my yard and they were getting too low for when I was running my mower around them, yeah. like going to decapitate mm-hmm. myself. Jeez. So I, so I went in there and cut a whole bunch of them up, you know, trimmed them up or whatever. And I thought, okay, so funny, you know where I live there. I live right yeah. on the river. Every year, I have huge scrapes in my yard right there under because those, of those trees. Branches. And I'm like, I'm going to try something. So I cut a few of them, and I hung them over, like, existing scrapes or made mock scrapes. Really? With, and I hung them, like, with a zip tie. You could, you know, take a piece yeah. of rope, whatever. Just hung them vertically straight down, and they absolutely murdered them. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing I've ever used. Like, they huh. just... There's something about that pine, cedar smell, whatever it is. They just like it. I don't know. And I'll even do that in Kansas. Like, I'll go down to my Kansas farm yeah. and just drive field edge. And, you know, every year it's the same, same trees, you know, mm-hmm. all the time with the over, overhanging branches. I'll cut those overhanging branches in Kansas and haul that, haul that branch from Kansas up to Nebraska, put it on a food plot in Nebraska, and all of a sudden the buck comes in there. There's all that different scent on there from Kansas mm-hmm. bucks, and they're going – who what in the heck? heck is here? Who yeah. is here? And I, I hmm. feel like you get better return visits, you know, mm-hmm. when you've got that scent already on those branches. What's For the sure. hemp rope? Are you like buying a rope and soaking it in like hemp oil, or you no? It's just it. it's made out of hemp. Yeah. Okay. Dude. And- <laughs> 
remember our first podcast. Yeah, get this, the first <laughs> podcast we did together. He's, he thought I was going to prison. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, can I be saying this shit on the podcast right now? Which I actually think I saw some over there by uh, where I dumped that carcass today. But yeah, talk about it. I guarantee oh, yeah. it. We oh, yeah. got, we've got native marijuana growing everywhere. Well, I dumped like, it. Just, I looked and I'm like. It's ditch weed. Yeah, is that freaking what I think it is? Oh, yeah. And I think. If you smoked it, it'd probably only give you a headache. We're not going to try that. <laughs> no. I'm not going to try you that. You still, if you cut a whole bunch of it and had it in your truck or something, you yeah. can still get in trouble. You sent me but, a picture after that podcast of something. Oh, dude, it's 12 foot tall. It's great. Yeah, he says oh, great yeah. habitat, great structure. Cash crop. I was like, what? Yeah. yeah, that's what he said. How do you he goes, think we my... pay for all this hunting? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, look <laughs> at my cash crop, dude. I'm like, yeah. oh, dang, he was yeah. not lying. No, yeah, no. it's native everywhere. No. I remember I was filming a guy years ago that was from out on the East Coast, and uh he came out here. He worked for Elite Archery, and he was coming. He came out here and turkey hunted. And he's like seeing all this marijuana in the ditches. He's like, "What is going on?" It's the locals, I'm like, man. Yeah, it's just it's the locals. Just, yeah, throwing it's, seeds. It's just, it's just native here. <laughs> but it doesn't have what it like. I don't. I don't know anything about this stuff. But the Neither HTC or whatever. THC. THC yeah. or whatever. It doesn't have that. Yeah. In it, it's not I bread or whatever. I don't know. Hmm. It's I, not. It's not like what you buy in Colorado. <laughs> I took uh no. I I've got a I've got a really quick little story. I took a uh a a kid that had just graduated from college at Penn State. Yeah. I don't even remember his name, so I can't call him out and throw him in jail, but um his grandpa paid for a turkey hunt for him when he graduated college. Yeah. And like two months before the grandpa calls needing my deposit back. We can't come and I'm like, dude, I mean Deposit's a you know, deposit. Deposit's man. a deposit. <laughs> He's like, all right, we'll, we'll try to make it work. And anyway, I'll cut it short, but this kid gets out here and we're turkey hunting and we're, we're seeing marijuana all over and he's, oh he's going nuts. Like, he's like, did you plant that stuff? I'm like, <laughs> no. He's like, oh, okay. Well, his grandpa isn't feeling good or something, stays back the one day. Oh no. I get the whole story. This dude's the biggest drug dealer at Penn State College. And he, two months before... Somebody's got, Googling that right now, trying got, to find that. He got caught and had to go to jail, and that's why the grandpa wanted his deposit back, because he didn't think he was getting out of jail in time. Well, he got out of jail, came back, killed a couple of turkeys with me, and I don't, know if, I don't know if he was digging that crap up at nights, leaving the motel or what, but he was jacked. Dude, you know what he was doing? <laughs> he In his head, he was plotting, like, there was about to be a... A, a Breaking Bad version. That was, that's what was going through his head. <laughs> no kidding. Right then, right he was there. pumped, but... Jeez. Yeah. That's hilarious, dude. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's talk about Old Nine Lives. Old Nine Lives. The legend of Nine Lives. Not a cat, but he, he finally he ran out of it. He was sneaky as a cat. Tell us about this deer, Cody, and why he had Nine Lives. Okay, so we started getting pictures of him as a two-year-old, and he was just a really pretty young eight knew he had great potential and three-year-old he he blew up like he got heavy and he was I mean, he was one of those deer that as a, as a three-year-old if you're not paying attention like mm-hmm. you probably make a mistake you know type of deal yeah. heavy whatever um four even better five he peaks six he's still great you killed him at seven and he's you know, full velvet better never. But, uh, so the story of him is nobody could kill him. So like I talked about in that area, we've got two different neighbors. Mm -hmm. We all kind of communicate whatever 
you know, obviously there's other bucks to hunt, yeah. but you know, this deer just kind of became a funny thing between us three. Like nobody can kill him. Like, you know, whatever, <laughs> like you can't see him. We can't kill him, you know, whatever. And I mean, it got to the point where I was like getting frustrated. Like this is like ridiculous. Like yeah. I had like a grudge against this deer. Like I had bigger deer to hunt, but I wanted to shoot him mm-hmm. just because he was making me mad, <laughs> you know, like whatever, just one of those cat and mouse deals. And then my neighbor actually ends up missing him last year as a six year old with a rifle. So then we're really like at how far 80 yards. So then we're really like this deer is impossible. He's like, he's going to die of old age. Like we just knew he was going to. And I think really what contributed to how hard he was to kill is the fact he was very non-aggressive. He was a loner, mm-hmm. um, which there's he, a theory behind. This. Yes. We have a theory behind this. We'll talk about later. Um, but, uh, he just hung out by himself. Yeah. I mean, he really did. He didn't want to be around other bucks. You know, you've got some of his sheds now. Mm-hmm. There's like hard, There's not a chip tine on any. I'm gonna of grab them. that real quick. Yeah, we'll take it. Oh, well. He might oh, be for slightly sure. heavier. He's as heavy He's or heavier, heavier than he is there. Yeah, because... Yeah. We got the sheds here now. But yeah, when I when I wrapped my hand around his bases last night, my thumb and... I definitely think he's heavier than My he thumb there. and uh, index finger were... I was barely able to get them to touch. For sure. And it's not the velvet doing it either, because the no. velvet's so shrunk. No, it's his, shrunk up. I mean, the nodules were his, poking his, through yeah, velvet. Yeah, so for, for sure. He's for, for sure, sure heavier. And you could see you could see the tips like he was yeah. about to be hard horned. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. But, yeah. but, um, but yeah, I just think he was, you know, uh, he was just a loner. Didn't want to fight, you know, whatever. And I, I think that made him hard to kill. As far as he mm-hmm. just, um, you couldn't call him in. I remember one time, the first time I ever saw him, he was in the neighbor's pasture that I can't. Nobody can hunt over there. It's just yeah. like a preserve almost. And I grunted at him, and he kind of looked. And just did not care. And just kept walking. I let him get a little Jeez. further, and I just lightly did a small rattling sequence, and he was booking it. Wanted nothing to do with it. I mean, absolutely nothing to do with no it. No kidding. But like I said, you know, all these, you look at these, I and mean, he's got one little teeny. I mean, he could have done that rubbing a tree. I mean, he, but he never broke anything. I just don't, he just wasn't, he just did not want to fight. And, you know, this year, he was living on the neighbor's ground to the east pretty much the whole summer. I had very few pictures of him. And I was talking to Brandon, the neighbor, and he said as soon as three other mature bucks came out of velvet and, and this started was recent. recently, yeah. within the last week, yeah, you know, as soon as they came out of velvet, you know, obviously when that happens, testosterone is going through the roof. Oh, yeah. You know, they're, they're ready to go. Yeah. And they – they pushed him out. He left and he came to me, which obviously worked really good for you. Yeah, it did. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he just, he just don't want to deal with it. And I know it's funny cause every deer in my opinion has a personality and you've got to learn that personality sometimes to kill them. I mean, there's deer that are super easy to kill mm-hmm. because they're so aggressive. You know, there's deer that are very passive and in my opinion, they can be extremely hard to kill. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it if he, he obviously bred, 
you know, just going off the pictures, you know, big body, big neck, whatever. But I guarantee you he lost a lot of does to other bucks just for the fact that he did not want to Low T, man. Low T. Low T. He needed to get on that Liver King treatment. (laughs) He needed needed to get, like, Liver King, man. Yeah. Just a cool deer. Just a cool deer, cool story. And, uh, yeah, the footage of him walking, you know, like you mentioned, you Mm -hmm. know, as he's walking in, it's like just something about a mature buck walking across an open open food plot. He's just walking Mm -hmm. that stiff leg. Like, yeah. Like, that was a hunt that I'd dreamt about you know like you know in your head you always like you're putting and daydreaming and thinking about like man oh yeah i just like you almost like visualize it when you set up stands sometimes or when you're watching those videos on youtube tv and you're like Mm -hmm. man i would love to have that one day and Mm -hmm. there it was i got to see that yep i I got to see it and And you pinwheeled him (laughs) loved it man the old the old nap gandhi it it did the job (laughs) logan i want to know like couple nights ago i sent you a picture of that deer i'm like here's the deer we're going after man like he's regular we're hoping to kill him like what went through your head when you saw that image oh man i don't know i don't i was like well first of all i was on a different trip so i looked at it quick i was like yeah that'd be sweet if we could kill it and then i went right back <laughs> he's to work. probably like yeah yeah we're gonna no we're gonna no that's not gonna happen will Did you catch well, a fish what, yet yeah exactly um well your track record for the last two videos so I was, one I was video like, oh, one Man. video, one video. Yeah. So ouch. I, well, no, it was it was I, one I, video. I was like, okay, but three years now, I'm trying to get a, yeah. a deer out of state. Yeah, like, and then you're talking like it's gonna happen the first night or something. Like you were sending some texts like it that. could happen. It could happen. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like this is gonna be a little bit longer hunt. Like I, I don't know. But I was I was jacked when you sent that to me, and you said there's all kinds of other ones. Yeah, I was sending him and, some of the other deer you were showing. And I called you on I called you Saturday evening when you just rolled in. Yeah, and I was like. Dude, the weather's perfect. I'm like, oh, yeah. you hit the cold fronts of all cold fronts. Dude. Movement's going to be incredible. And then I get off the phone and I'm like, dude, I probably just jinxed it. Like, <laughs> yeah, both of y'all. Like, I'm when like, you call me. Why I'm saying this stuff. Like, I was instantly regretting it. I was like, Will's going to kill me. He's going to come out here. The hunting's going to be terrible. And he's going to be like, Taryn has to Both of y'all. Like, it was funny because, like, I'm just, you know, what the first year I went, uh, Deer hunting on the state of Texas was Nebraska, and it was with – he was filming Josh. They were filming for mm-hmm. HuntStand Original. I, I was just there. Was, we were trying to build a pretty cool partnership with the company I used to work at and with HuntStand at the time. Mm-hmm. And so it was just more or less an industry hunt, if you will, and we were filming it for our own purposes from where I came from. And so we went up there, and it was tough. Like the place we went to, like it was a cattle rancher that had the land, big bird hunter, pheasant guy, turkey guy. Porcupine dude too, right? Yeah. Porcupine. Porcupine, (laughs) mountain lion guy for Logan here. But it it was super, super DIY. Like it it was almost like we were hunting public land. Mm -hmm. Super tough. Like he was just like, um, yeah, there's sometimes deer over there in the pasture and like his grandpa had moved some cattle to a place that Josh was hoping to be like number one spot and it pushed all the deer out. It was a tough hunt and I got one opportunity at a deer and I was like a twelve year old in the tree stand. I was looking in front, did a rattling sequence, grunted once, and I'd actually made a mock scrape behind me that I pissed on. Like coming from Texas, it was like mm-hmm. you don't piss outside the blind. You take a you take a gallon <laughs> jug with you. You pee in the jug. You do not pee outside when you're deer hunting. It's gonna screw up your spot. Pee and in so, every scrape you can. Yep. That's what Josh 100%. told me. I was like, man, like I asked him because I came from Texas and like 
I asked him, like, dude, like, what are you doing in the stand when in these all-day sits? Are you, like, pissing in your Gatorade bottle? Like, what are you doing? He's like, no, dude, I'm just pissing off the side of the tree. I'm like, what? You're oh, doing yeah. what? Makes no difference. He's like, yeah, dude, these deer don't – they can't tell distinguish deer piss from human piss. Like, yeah, sure, it might smell different, but they mm-hmm. don't know any different. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, go make a mock scrape and piss on it. So that uh, – I can't remember if we made it in the morning or the evening, but I made a mock scrape 20 yards – just to the southeast of me in this ladder stand. Cameraman's up here. Did a rattling sequence, grunted, sitting there looking, watching, and I just look like this over my shoulder, and there's this 10-point, solid 10-point, like 135, 40. And for me, like a first out-of-state out deer, I'm like, absolutely beautiful deer. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he caught me moving because um, the ladder stand we in, were in, it had too much trimmed out of the tree, so we were pretty exposed. And so when I looked, he caught that. So I tell the camera guy, I'm like, big buck, big buck. And like a child, I reached for my bow on the hanger just like so fast and like turned, drew back. He saw every bit of it. And he stopped at 41, just like two, car- two quartering hard. And I just didn't take the shot. And that was the only opportunity I had. Um, we saw a deer, but they were too far away. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, we were just up in a random tree that hopefully one walked by us during the rut. It was November, and then last year Nebraska had mishap. But, dude, it just – for it to come together like it did last night was pretty cool. I think, was, I think all absolutely. that backstory makes this that much better. Mm-hmm. It well, does. Not only was it the first night. It's a seven-year-old deer. He's still in full velvet. I mean – Biggest buck, biggest most mature deer. buck I've ever killed. I mean, come on. But, yeah, to back what you're talking about, like – you two are like sending me these things, like, "Oh, you're gonna kill him at 7:55 tonight, 7:30. He's he's gonna show. He's well, been, I he's think been I, consistent. I said 7:55 for, and then you said something. You're like, no, I the Weather I, seems. I was so like, great. oh yeah, it's just so great. You're like, oh no, I take it back. 7:30. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I take it back. You're gonna kill yeah, him at 7:30. You're telling me the weather. I'm like, man, just what's happened to me over the past two years. I'm just like, no, I'm gonna have to, the whole time. I'm like, I'm gonna have to come back in November. Like, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, I'm going to have to come back in November. Like, I already have it in my head. Like, and then when his plane issue happened, I'm like, it's just not going to happen. That was the thing, too, you know, when when you first reached out and, you know, mm-hmm. wanted to hunt and stuff. And usually, you know, since we moved season up and you wanted to come, like, September 1st, usually mm-hmm. I'm planting fall plots then. Yeah. And so I'm doing the whole, man, you know, that doesn't necessarily work real fantastic. And, you know, there were, you know, a few people that I would that I'd thought about. And then I was like, dude, I'm just going to get a hold of Cody. Cause I knew, mm-hmm. I knew, you know, like how you were saying you're Nebraska on before it was kind of, you know, too much was trimmed out and it was just cattle were here. And yeah. I, I just know that Cody and I are like on the same page compared Absolutely, to, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, kind of, I don't want to throw everybody else on the bus, on no. the, you know, it's under a the community. bus here, but yeah. yeah. What y'all do here is a community. Like he was talking to me, the problem I ran into Nebraska last year, like, we had deer on camera coming out of corn, going mm-hmm. to water that he had just inside the tree line. Mm-hmm. But then the farmer came and cut corn the week before. Yeah. Completely yeah. shifted it. Mm-hmm. You were telling me your farmer has corn that's like nearly there. It's like a yeah. week or two out so and you were able to call it. Pretty much all of our farmers on, on our land, like mm-hmm. you know, I'm friends with when my grandpa passed away, I kind of took over the management of all the farms yeah. and um, you know, became friends with them and we've all got good relationships and he's you know, a hunter they, too. They're, yep. Some of them are hunters and, uh, some of them aren't, you know, but, uh, I've built that relationship to the point where, you know, they help me, 
you know, I help them type of stuff. And if I need something, you know, usually we can do it. And yeah. I said on these couple fields, I said, you know, I got a, a buddy coming to hunt. Like, can we wait one week, you know, or whatever before you get that corn out? You know, they're absolutely yeah. you know, not a problem, you know? So it's, yep. it's, it's great to have, you know, relationships like that with my farmers. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, you know, they understand, you know, there's, there's some farmers out there that would say absolutely no, you know, cause yeah. we gotta get our crops oh, out, yeah. you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. it's great to have good people like that. And I even got a couple of them that, you know, say I had a plot fail or I didn't have time to get one in, you know, whatever, or just depending on what the crop rotation yeah. is, I'll call them and be like, Hey, you know, this section of this corn or this many acres of these, you know, beans or whatever, I want you to leave those stand, you know, give me an average of what the field yielded and I'll pay you, you know, for that instead like that. of, you know, planting a plot there. That's pretty, so, that's you know, a good idea. It, it works for them and it works, you know, great for me yeah. and, you know, me having two kids now, I don't have the time, sometimes the time as much, you know, to, to do as much as I would like. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's great to be able to do that. It, yeah. I mean, just being able to have that and communicate with everybody is what it can make. It make makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah. it does. And yeah. I'm you know, talking about small pieces, you know, you know, as Taryn would know too. I mean, Kansas being a bait state, mm-hmm. I'm not against baiting at all. If it's legal, you want to do it, go for it. But the one thing that with small properties, you know, if we've, if I've got neighbors that hunt too, that maybe have a little bit more acreage next yeah. to me, whatever, um, it, it almost can kind of turn into a baiting game. Like a who, war. Yeah, like, it like is. who's got the yes. most food, who's got yep. the best food plots, who's got, Texas. you know, whatever. Yeah. You're, you know, you deal with it That's too. Texas. Um, you know, so if I can leave, an acre or two of standing corn to help myself out a little bit, you know, I'm going to do it. So, yeah, it's all about being a good neighbor. I mean, like the neighbors to the North of us in Texas, like super management minded, bow hunt only Mm -hmm. older dudes. And clearly like a lot of our bigger deer come from that end of the property. And that's where a lot of the bigger deer hang. Mm -hmm. I mean, we only got 200 acres and on the South side, which by Texas standards, it's a small piece of property. Mm -hmm. South side, we've got, these good old boys that have come in and they've got, I kid you not, three different deer blinds all within 50 yards of each other. And there's about four corn feeders right there. Oh yeah. yeah. And each of those blinds is under a hundred yards away from our fence line. Mm-hmm. And guess what? We don't see that many deer on that side of the property. Oh yeah. We have the same thing. I mean, I, I would say 95% of our, my neighbors are pretty darn good in Kansas, but, you know, people know what the time Tara and I both put into these places. They know what we try to do. And yeah. it's caused us some grief. It's caused some problems as far yeah, as, you know, lo- losing some leases. You mm-hmm. know, guys come in, you know, outbid you, you know, things like that just because yeah. they know what you're shooting in there, you know, stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's a good thing, I guess. That the, I feel like there is more and more people getting into hunting, but it's... Uh, it's bittersweet. It, it, it's getting to be... Yeah, it is. It's getting to be tough. Yeah. I mean... 10, 15 years ago here, you could knock on doors and get permission and you would be hard pressed to get permission without paying pretty top dollar for anything good around here anymore. Wow. And it's, it's more so that way in Kansas than like around my stuff in Nebraska, I Mm -hmm. would say there's still some places where, where you get permission, but it's because it's Kansas. Yep. Yeah. And that's well, yeah. And yep. you know, it's, it's been promoted throughout our TV and, you know, yep. things like that. People know about it. You know, I mean, 
this area, from what I understand, I mean, it was kind of before I was pretty young, but from what I understand, I don't know if you've heard this story too, I'm but a guy, so. a guy killed like a 230-inch deer or something like that on a public or walk-in ground. It was you know, published in magazine, wow. blah, 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 and after that, I mean, it just blew up. I probably need know. to edit that out. Probably. <laughs> Beep County Giant. I need to, I need to go. <laughs> Republic County. <laughs> I'm putting a little signal note in here for me to come in and edit this. So we don't broadcast that, but let's get the nine lives, man. Like Logan and I were last night was an insane night because the two years I'd gone out of state, it took hours, days before I'd seen like the first deer within distance. And we got into the stand and got camera set up, checked angles on drawn back, you know, for both of us making sure we'd be good lined up on that watering hole and, I think I had just messaged you or something, and Logan looks up. He's like, oh, there's deer. And I'm like, this fool's trying to pull off. <laughs> <laughs> and I look up, and I'm like, sure as shit, there's freaking deer coming out in the field already. I'm like, dang, this is quick. This is a lot. Kansas is already better than Nebraska. Sorry, Nebraska. But, yeah, they we had four does come out, had a little fawn come yeah. down to water, and she actually circled around the backside of us. And we had that north wind in our face. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, no. She, I mean, she, what, how, 10 yards, if even that, from us, five yards? Yeah. He was filming her, and I sent you a video Mm -hmm. of her. She worked her way around. I'm like, this isn't going to be good. She's going to get her wind, and we're screwed. But I think just because of her being naive and young, Mm -hmm. worked her way around, and she worked herself out. And then we had a couple another does kind of meander through throughout the afternoon. And then as soon as that wind just laid down, you have that bean field that's Mm -hmm. 200 yards. Yeah, probably. Southeast of me. Mm -hmm. I look back there, I'm seeing some does, I'm watching, and we got does in front of us. We got does coming up from down below, and I look back, and all of a sudden I see five deer come out from across the fence. I I think you said, is it corn out there? Yeah. And I look, and I'm like, that's a freaking donkey out there. (laughs) I see this body, I'm like, that's a buck. That, definitely a buck, and I look up, and I just, I see this, not knowing it's nine lives, right? Mm-hmm, and I just mm-hmm. see giant antler from the side like that, and I tell Logan, dude, there's a freaking tank out there. <laughs> and he couldn't turn around to film because I we think – We had like eight does in front of us? We had does, and they weren't really paying attention. They weren't doing anything with us, but, no. you know, like in that blind, everything like magnifies every movement you make. We they talked make, about that last yeah. night. Sometimes you drop something, you think, oh, my gosh, I just alerted everything, it. and they don't mm-hmm. hear it. It, yeah. it muffles a lot more than you really think it exactly. does Exactly, and so like we're being super cautious. Then the wind – like dies down then i start noticing a northwest wind and some of these deer worked their way around yeah, it was to, swirling a little bit last they night. they were swirling sure. and mm-hmm. they kind of worked to this small bean field that you have just next to the blind mm-hmm. and i start seeing their noses pick up and i'm looking at him way back there and we're just like frozen we're trying not to move i see him picking up his nose and i'm like shit <laughs> it's over game over these deer about to blow out and i'm looking at my watch i'm like we got 30 minutes till we can't shoot till lights out. And I think finally some of the does moved off from us. They moved back. I don't, I don't think they completely moved out. Yeah. They kind of moved further in the field back. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe 30, 40 instead of 10 yards. Yep. Uh, I mean, you could hear him drinking the water and everything. Mm-hmm. It was cool. And even some of the does were grunting. 
Oh yeah, we get a yep. lot of vocals out here. Yes, a lot of. Vocals. I've never heard like I hear. I just kept hearing rrr, rrr. Fawns bleating. I'm looking around grunting. like, and I'm looking at that drainage behind us. I'm like, is there a freaking buck around here? <laughs> yeah. Like on us? Like and it just dawned on me. I was like, well, does do do that? Mm-hmm. So he finally worked himself to the edge of the bean field, and because I'm just like sitting there looking at my watch, looking at him, looking at the watch, and I'm like, oh, we got 10 minutes, or we got 15 minutes, now we got 10 minutes, mm-hmm. and then finally he gets to the edge of the beans. You could tell he made up his mind, too, in that footage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was just, he had he had made his ed- way to the edge of the beans, and it's kind of like a little dip right there before yep. you've got the beans yep. started There's again. like a big grass CRP draw that kind of separates two fields right yeah. there, yeah. And I'm like, okay. He's either going to go down that drainage, and the whole time it was, like, taking him so long to get here, I'm like, man. Like he, a mature buck He was acting <laughs> like he was wanting to go down the drainage, which was our exit route out. And all these thoughts are going to my head, like, man, how are we going to get out of here without blowing this up? I really don't want a coyote howl at these deer. Like, you just have all these things going through your head. And he finally gets to the edge of the beans, comes across that little grass, and I think I finally looked at you, and I'm like, dude, get ready. Yep. Did your heart like instantly jump? Well, yeah, because I, I, I wasn't, I was frozen. I wasn't turned around or anything. And it was like 10 minutes before I heard a word from you. And all of a sudden, <laughs> get ready. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, the pucker level just like yep. intense, dude. He finally worked his way across. And I think that's when I picked up the bow. And I already had it, my mind made up. I was like, you have like kind of like that cross member of the blind. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, as soon as I lose sight of him, Within that, I'm drawn back and picked up the bow, and he came in just right at 23 yards, quartering two, and tucked the shoulder and asked Logan. I was like, dude, you ready? He's like, yeah. Freaking ripped, and we watched him die inside. And awesome. We were giddy like schoolgirls, man. <laughs> I think we we hugged. No. Yeah, we bro-hugged. <laughs> nope. We bro-hugged, and I think you would text me at one point asking how it was going, and because I could see like messages going off, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not texting anybody right now. Well, you were texting, I texting me because I was Cody. hunting. I was hunting too. And yeah, you were hunting. He's texting me, and he's like, "Well, see anything? You know, like what's going on?" And I'm like, "I haven't heard from him for a long time, so something's going 30 on." Thirty minutes, like, probably. You were like yeah. something's yeah, going on. Yeah, you text on. me. You were like, "No response." So must you know, go- must yeah, be into deer. Something's yeah. happening. It's got to be yeah. good or something. Yeah, because I we had messaged and I was like nine lives is out in the bean field behind yeah. me, and mm-hmm. you had said something about that wind, and then about that point I was like, I was just zeroed in. Oh yeah, and it's nerve. I mean, it's nerve wracking. Dude, you know, I'm sure Cody heart. was thinking of it too. You know, anytime you have somebody that makes a trip. You oh know, yeah, you want to you you want it to go yeah. good. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah, especially with you know, what we just talked about you what you've dealt with the last couple of years. You know. Yeah. I wanted you to have a good experience. It's definitely and, a trip. Yeah. A trip to get here. Yeah. Over it is. three years. Yeah, but just to have him come in like that and pretty much you know, he did what every you know, when you've got a deer like that that you're patterning that's you know, he's mm-hmm. been there six nights, we've seen him on camera, you know, we're you're sending me pictures of him coming in every night like that, and then just for him to do the same thing, it's not often that a deer does that. No, it's not. And I, I will say it seems like to me, a five and six year old buck is always the hardest to kill. Yes. But for some reason, it seems like when they get past that six year old age, I'm not saying they're easy to kill. Yeah. But it almost like their home range shrinks. Yeah. They. It's almost like they just get relaxed. They're they like, get a little you know, more I've, relaxed. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I've lived my life. I'm just going <laughs> to mosey chill. along. You know, and if they get real, like, you know, seven, eight, 
nine plus, I swear sometimes they almost turn into a three year old again. They're just yeah. dumb. dumb. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. they just it's like and they it, have to move to stay alive. Yeah. They gotta eat you know. And yep. not He safe. had all the does. Oh yeah. He was the only buck I have seen in the field in tech I mean in Kansas. The, the, only, the first and well, only buck I've like seen. I, like I said to you earlier today, like my neighbors got like all the bucks right now, and I've got mm-hmm. all the does. Like we kind of joke about it. So hopefully that means during the rut, all them bucks are going to jump the fence and Dude, I'll have I, them all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how many does do you think we saw mm, in total? In total? A lot. Over 15. Yeah. Under 20. It's a lot. Somewhere in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's just right there in that you know, little area of the, of the, and farm. they were just coming from everywhere. Like we even had deer come out of the drainage behind us. Oh yeah. They'll cross the road from the South. Well, that's what sometimes. I was thinking. I was like, I guess they came across the road mm-hmm. cause there were a ton of tracks on the, the County road there. Yeah. So yeah. South, there's just a big cattle pasture for a long ways. I mean, there's just no food there. And I mean, I've got a lot of food on my place mm-hmm. and the neighbors got a lot of food, but between, you know, my 80 and his 160, we've got basically the only food within I mean, a quarter mile of there or, or further. Yeah, it was, man, just after I made that shot, um, what happened to me last year, thought I made a good shot on that deer. And that I have that thought like creeping up in my mind. Oh, yeah. I'm like really confident I made a shot, but I was like, then you tell yourself like, well, yeah, you thought you did last year, but look what happened. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting there and like, as soon as I made that shot, you know, you watch them run down in the drainage and everybody will see this in the hunt stand original, but like, just watched him and Logan and I were sitting there watching. He ran down there with the doe. Mm-hmm. And before I put my binoculars up, I couldn't tell if it was her or him that stopped. And then you just saw this big tree, like big bush yeah, shake that he ran hard, into. Yeah. And then you just see the antlers stop and you could kind of see him. And I, I didn't know if he was laying down at that point or not. Cause it's just the way that that drop off was. And I'm like, man, I don't know if he's standing there, if he's laying down. And then about that time, his head just boop, yep. boom, dropped. So I think we waited 10, uh, maybe 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, man, let's just go down there see if we can find the arrow, see what kind of blood there is. And couldn't find the arrow right off the bat. And instantly you just see the like were too tall. <laughs> they, they were, were really, they were tucked. It was tucked clear underneath. It, a was, bunch of big it was buried. Yeah, yeah. The way you had some good rain up there on that field. Yeah. And just the highway of blood that led to him like, there was no gap. Like you just could see it in the dirt then all over the field. And mm-hmm. I was like, probably shouldn't have pushed as like I did, but I was like, you know what? It's kind of like, you know, earlier we were talking to hunt stand guy, jaw, uh, Honeycutt, uh, about a couple of things. I won't say too much on it, but you know, told him like, if I was in the same situation, he was like, if I see a deer go down like that and I feel confident in the shot, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to go walk over the right, where I lost sight of him. Oh, yeah, for Dude, sure. Nine out of ten times, they may be down there, but if not, depending on the shot, he might have moved. Mm-hmm. And, dude, when we walked up on him, I don't even remember. There was some emotions. Oh, yeah. There was. Like, it was insane. I mean, to put my hands on him, just see the mass in the body. Mm-hmm. Yep. I told you, it was like, my my deer in Texas, like, I'm shooting mini mouse compared to your deer <laughs> here. Like, I was like, did I just yeah. shoot a donkey? Like yeah. freaking huge. You can see man. that in the footage yeah. when he comes in and just, I mean, his gut's shaking and he's just got that stiff leg walk. And I mean, just a stun. And it's September. I mean, yeah, yeah. just for, he'd give him 30 more days and he'd look. I mean, sometimes, oh my gosh. you know, like five plus year old bucks here a lot of times mid October when they're like 
full bore as far as like getting prepped for the rut. They yeah. are just stupid. Oh, he would have stayed in that a bean freight field. train. Yeah, he would have just kept eating them beans and just gotten fat and happy. Yeah, and yeah, he. I laid down to laid down next to him and Facetime my wife. I was like, I got a Facetimer. <laughs> she was like, she's studying for the CPA right now, so I like she. I pull her up like this. I'm like laying down next to the deer, just velvet. And there's like a little piece of me in there. And she was pretty jacked. And then we called Josh, who finally got an iPhone. And he was like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. No. And it was freaking cool. And I can't wait for everybody to see it. But, I mean, wouldn't have been able to do it without the three of y'all. I mean, the first call to making the connection and – the camera guy you documenting it all man like it's you remembered to hit record yep (laughs) i know i honestly i didn't even think about that i'm glad i didn't because it probably would have added another (laughs) yeah Yeah, it probably would have added another element of stress but funny story about hitting record or my one of my biggest deer my dad was filming when i first started in this double tapped Double tapped it. <laughs> and after that, he felt so bad. He's like, never filmed me since. He's like, it's too stressful. Like, I don't want my to dad, do it. My dad did the same thing last year for just a doe hunt. He felt horrible. He wanted to get out of it. And I was like, no, you're getting back behind the camera. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be here without any of y'all. And so, I appreciate you coming, man. It's been fun. Yeah. Thanks. Been, sure. Thanks yeah. for making the connection. Thanks for having me. And I, I'm truly blessed. And hope you can um, come back. Dude, if you will have me back, I will definitely come back if I can draw I, a tag. I think we can make that happen. It was awesome. So, wouldn't have been able to do it without you guys. So, I think uh, we're going to peace out here in Deer Camp. And uh, we're going to sign out. But thanks for y'all's time tonight, guys. For no sure. problem. It was fun. It was definitely a lot of fun.